many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. What's up, what's up, superhumans? It's Boomer Anderson here bringing you another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast on a chilly winter day here in Amsterdam. I hope you're warm wherever you are, or better yet, I hope you're outside getting cold adapted. If you want cool tips on that, you could probably catch me doing it on Instagram. But anyways, we're not outside recording right now because that would interfere with the sound. Today's topic is quantified self. And my guest today has put together a really cool technology that enables me to become more organized when it comes to this stuff. And so when we talk about quantified self, one of the most common questions that I get, whether I'm presenting at a conference, at a corporation, or even at just a meetup, is how do I use quantified self data to optimize the performance of both myself and my clients? Whether it's the Keto Mojo, the Chronometer, the Aura Ring, my Whoop, etc., how do you organize all of this data to make it useful? And my guest today has found a way to do that. His name is David Korsunsky, and he's the CEO and founder of Heads Up Health. David has over 15 years of experience working for industry-leading technology firms and most recently served as the Director of Technical Alliances at VMware. It's a pretty large company. He led strategic partnerships with global EHR companies, including Epic, Cerner, McKesson, GE, Allscripts, and so many more. Like myself, David is an avid health enthusiast, and he recognized an opportunity here. David, you beat me to it. Nice job. To build a software program that really provides a solution to make it easier for anybody who is using this quantified self data to organize it and to take really a more data-driven approach to health. When you start to look at things like the Aura, the Keto Mojo, everything that I mentioned before, and then overlay lab tests on it, it can be quite overwhelming and quite confusing. David's program, Heads Up Health, makes that so much easier. So on the show today, David comes on to talk about really what is Heads Up Health, how experiences in the Quantified Self Institute or Quantified Self World led David to start Heads Up Health, how David uses Heads Up Health, what sort of supplements he uses for focus, and frankly, we get into a little bit of a just sort of discussion around really cool things that you can do using data and to optimize your health. Folks, I hope you enjoy my episode with David Korsunsky. You can go over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash headsuphealth to check it out, and if you want really to check out Heads Up Health yourself, there's going to be a discount there. So go over to the show notes. You'll get everything that we talk about there. And I look forward to hearing your feedback on the episode. And now, talking about Quantified Self with Mr. David Korsunsky. The sponsor for today's podcast is Neurohacker Collective. The chairman, Jordan Greenhall, has been on the show to talk about one of my favorite topics and episodes to date, sovereignty. And the medical director has also been on the show to talk about unleashing your human potential through epigenetics. That's Dr. Daniel Stickler. But why do I love Neurohacker Collective so much? Well, frankly, it upgrades me on a day-to-day basis. Actually, I take their products five out of seven days of the week. Their original Qualia stack is something that I absolutely and still thoroughly enjoy. It's packed with over 40 premium brain nutrients to immediately enhance your focus, energy, mood, creativity, and all while supporting your health. 
Their new flagship nootropic, Qualium Mind, is a premium nootropic supplement that helps support mental performance and brain health. And frankly, with both products, I do not get the crashes that I commonly get with nootropics and other supplements. So I want you to go over to their website and check it out when you have a chance. It's neurohacker.com. And if you subscribe, you get 15% off by using the code BOOMER. If you want to just do a one-time purchase, you get 10% off, again, using that code BOOMER. And while you're there, pick up their free foundational guide to neurohacking. It's definitely worth checking out. But please, enjoy the show. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here and excited for a fascinating discussion with you. Uh, we already had one right before, and I was just saying how I probably should have recorded that. But... I know. That was like a little teaser. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, Dave, I've had the pleasure of rocking through your product a little bit. And I know you and I, as well as a few people on your team, have had a many discussions on Heads Up Health. But I, I want to go to the background story. Talk to me about how you started this. Yeah, sure. Well, I was working in Silicon Valley. I was working for a huge tech company at that time. And I was in my 30s. And it was just an amazing time in my life. And uh, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about this many times as I try to put the pieces back together. But the first thing that I got really enchanted with was the idea of quantified self. Mm -hmm. And I remember on the front page of the San Francisco newspaper, like 2011, so way before any of this stuff had really gone mainstream, there was a picture of Dave Asprey, and he had a, he had a, a headband on with electrodes and blue lights coming out of it. And he was quantifying sleep cycles you know, back in 2011 with this early prototype device. Is that the Zio that is no yes, longer in existence? I used to have one. I'm guilty. Me too. It was awesome. <laughs> it, it was one of the best sleep trackers out there, but I know you and I have a love affair for another one, but we'll talk about that soon. Sorry, you're talking about Dave Asprey. Yeah, well, it was cool because I ordered this thing, right? I'd never tracked my sleep and I'm like, this is awesome. Better performance optimizing sleep. You know, so I, I, this was the first device I ordered, probably like a lot of people. And you may remember the Zio website was just chock full of like all this information on how to get better sleep. I'm like, holy crap, this is fascinating. Room temperature, ambient lighting, meal timing. And so I just totally nerded out on that and started going to all these other quantified self meetups in Silicon Valley. And some of them were in the person's backyard you know, they were just looking at different tech. Sometimes they were, there was a tech company that would open up a conference room for us in the evenings. You could go in. Inevitably, I saw a lot of really cool stuff, but I saw no way to actually stitch it all together. The only people that could stitch it together were the people who were programmers and could go put something together and write some code using R and try to deduce something interesting out of the data, which is like 1% of the people who are interested in the technology. I'm like, man, somebody has got to have done this already. It's not a, a very complicated idea. And uh, then I actually had to start reverse engineering my own health. And so I started becoming more interested in the data. But for me, the missing ingredient was my medical records. And I really needed to see what was happening at a clinical level that had to do with things like inflammation, like HSCRP, and I had some thyroid stuff that I had to work on. So 
I just built a system that could pull in my medical records right next to my lifestyle data. That's ultimately what I realized. I'm like, okay, this is kind of like what I need. So that was the genesis for it all. And then here in the U.S., now you can start getting access to your medical records electronically. For the nerds out there, there's API connections basically into all the doctor's offices now. So <laughs> we can tap into 30,000 doctor's offices here and pull, pull your records and integrate them all. The, the whole goal is to say, okay, I know that I can go to the doctor and probably get a prescription to help me with this issue. And, and that probably works great. And it's gonna bring whatever markers of disease that they're looking at back within some normal range using a pharmaceutical methodology. Great. And then I can also do this other method over here, which my doctor is not really going to help me with, but I know it works. And so I'm going to go do this other thing and try to move that same number back into that, that range. It could be lifestyle based. It could be working on things like intestinal permeability. It could be working on ketogenic diet. So we're basically enabling that group of people to say, okay, how do I measure this stuff? How do I know it's actually working for me? And you need lifestyle data, you need clinical data, you need some, some tools to analyze it all. And basically, you know, a, a BI system for health. So, so it all got started. And now it's really just starting, that was 2011, 2012. And now you're seeing it as much as anybody, the consumer awareness around health quantification is just getting to really, really exciting levels. So we're just along for the ride. And one of the reasons why I reached out is because I, like you, had to sort of reverse engineer my own health issues. Mine was more in my heart. And one of the first places I actually went because, like you, I saw the value in lifestyle modifications and, frankly, the value of not having to take a pill every day. Um, and really being able to measure those. And so when I looked for places to go for information, I ended up at QS right away. And I think within a couple of weeks, I was at their conference here in Amsterdam speaking to a bunch of people. And, you know, I've had a number of those guys on the podcast, and they've been immense helps in terms of, you know, in terms of just really giving me good information. But I have to say, the scoreboard's brilliant. And it's just, so simple. It's exactly what I needed because I was sitting there trying to figure out APIs and stuff. And, you know, I'm not a coder. I don't know. I don't know R. I don't know Ruby. I don't know these languages. So thank you for creating it. But I guess that brings me to a point. To somebody who hasn't tried Heads Up Health yet, how would you describe it and the benefits of having this centralized data? I guess I could give a couple analogies. And the first analogy would be a company called Mint.com. And they came around, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And all they did was basically help you get all the information from your different credit card companies and your different banks into one dashboard. We all have more than one credit card. A lot of us do. And they're owned and operated by separate banks. So how much am I spending on gas when I have to log into four different financial websites? Well, okay, let me check my bank account here. I spent 80 bucks on gas last month. And then let me go check my credit card. Oh yeah, sure enough, there it is. I, I filled up here, that's 50 bucks. And it was a pain in the ass. So Mint came along and said, hey, let's just build one dashboard. And you stitch it all up and you manage all your spending and you set your budgets and it's incredibly insightful. 
I remember when they were out raising money as a startup and people are like, okay, you're a startup. There's no way people are going to connect their financial information to you. Well, that was wrong. <laughs> I think they had 2 million people sign up in like a year or something ridiculous like that. And, and then finally is like, then into it was like, okay, we're going to just buy these guys. <laughs> but Yeah, it was incredible. And so like what happened at that time in the financial industry was banks have these mainframes, right? They're just these computer systems that are like the size of a football field. And they run these prehistoric operating systems that, that run the bank software. All the banks did was said, hey, we're just going to give you a web portal and you can log in and check your, your stats and pay your bills online. That was a revolutionary concept 15 years ago. And, uh, but then the problem was you had three or four of these portals into these bank mainframes. Healthcare is no different. The mainframe is in, in uh, healthcare is called the electronic health record system, which is the football field of servers that runs the whole hospital. You know, some, some healthcare organizations have... 300 to 500 servers running their whole data center. So all we're doing is the same thing as the banks. It's just saying, how do we tap into those systems and pull your data out and just help you see it all in one place? Because every time you move and change doctor and change insurance and go to a functional doctor, a naturopathic doctor, back to the conventional doctor, it's like your information is completely fragmented. And now we have to get the API connections into things like the Oura Ring, and the glucometers and the heart rate variability trackers. So that's the example. The same thing happened in consumer finance 15 years ago. And, and for those who are in um, enterprise software, it's like, how do you build one, one, one dashboard for the CFO in your company when he needs to pull something from the SQL database in this department, the Oracle database in this department, uh, CSV file coming from that department, but all of that needs to come on one dashboard to make decisions on how to guide a company. That's the same thing we're, we're trying to do here and for people's health data and for people who want to be self-directed. Okay, so you touched on a few of these benefits already, but what are some of, and maybe we can go back to some of the, the stories we were sharing earlier. What are some of the benefits that you've seen to scoreboarding? Because look, my brother works in business intelligence and uh, he's not really as big of a health fanatic as I am, but he builds these scoreboards for CFOs all the time. And, you know, I was telling him about this and he's just like, well, that that's simple. I should have built that one years ago. But like <laughs> you guys, you guys have figured it out. So what are some of the benefits that you either have personally gained from this or you've heard your users gain from this? Well, I'll just maybe share the, the personal story that you and I started. With. I've learned an incredible amount over the past several years on just from measuring my own health. But for the last two years or so, I've really been focused on looking at my blood sugar and my, my blood ketones. My genes have a predisposition towards obesity and weight gain. And oh, you and me both there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, Eastern Europe, uh, type genetics, and it's always been harder for me to keep the weight off relative to my friends in terms of like how much I got. So anyhow, I've been really carefully tracking uh, metabolism and blood sugar and ketones and, and comparing that with weight and body fat. So a couple examples. For me, the math is so simple. And when I'm not in ketosis, my weight goes up. When I am in ketosis, my weight goes down. We talked about this. Sometimes you just got to crush a cheeseburger and fries and you're going to be out of ketosis for a while. 
But, you know, I'm out for two or three weeks. Life gets in the way. I'm traveling, startup, whatever. I'll see the weight on the scale go up 10, 12 pounds. And then I'll get home. I'll go grocery shopping. I'll dial it in. The pendulum will swing back the other way. So for me, the, the magic number is, is just being in that, that blood sugar, like uh, 85 milligrams per deciliter. I, I can't do the math on millimoles. No, it's, it's, uh, no it, it, it's totally fine. You can go with uh, milligrams per deciliter. That's fine. Yeah, today I woke up, blood sugar 85, ketones 0.7, and I'm feeling great. And then the other thing that you and I talked about was the uh, Aura Ring, which also that's integrated into Heads Up Health. So I've got a dashboard where the top three squares are my uh, total sleep time, my heart rate variability during the sleep cycle, and the um, readiness score that it gives you. And then below that, I have blood sugar and ketones, and um, I also measure some other devices here. But one of the biggest things recently was just learning how meal timing affects my sleep quality. Let's 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 double click on that one because I think there's a lot of people here that can learn from this. That's for sure. Yeah. So when you're wearing the ring, you're basically getting heart rate measurements every five minutes through the entire sleep cycle. And when you wake up, it's presented on a graph. And you'll start to see your heart rate through the entire night. We're fast asleep. Why the hell would you want to track your heart rate? Well, that's actually incredibly insightful information. And you can start to see how low did it go. You know, for me on a night where I've really finished eating early and I go to bed food fully digested, that lowest resting heart rate will be around 46 beats per minute. And it'll come around two in, two in the morning, three in the morning. Now, if I go out and have a late dinner with friends and family, and I'm not saying I never do that as part of the, the joie de vivre, but, but uh, I'll come home and watch that same data and I'm elevated until six in the morning. It never goes below 50. And so you start to realize, okay, my body is dedicating resources to digesting food when I'm asleep instead of putting those resources toward recovery. So I've now figured out, like for me, I mentioned this, I need to have my dinner and my workout done by like well, let's say food finished by 5 p.m. at the latest. Exercise no later, finished no later than 7 p.m. And in bed by 8.30 p.m. I'm, I'm a 42-year-old man, so maybe I'm getting old. But when I do that, I, I wake up with the absolute possible best recovery. So for me, uh, before wearing this device, I was completely oblivious to heart rate and its effects on my sleep and how digestion keeps heart rate elevated and... Now I can start to correlate when I feel the best in the morning. That's just with some simple data. And I gave the ring to my dad. He's got some um, heart issues. And he got more information from one night on the ring than he had from like three months of wearing this black box recorder his doctor gave him. You know, he doesn't have access to any of that data. And they're telling him, yeah, you know, your heart rate's getting too low. And, and now he's got the data right in front of him. And he took it into the doctor. Like, Dude, here it is right here. The numbers are not... <laughs> what you said they are in this black box. So just the doctor's like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> so, you know, just simple information from this technology is really insightful. So those are some of the calibrations I've made, meal timing, exercise timing, being in bed by 8.30, just read a book, watch a movie, and, and I know how to dial myself in perfectly. Good. Good. This is this is all very insightful for people. Now, one of the things you just mentioned was the uh, the relationship between doctor and the data, which 
allow me to share just a little bit of a, a story from my own life. Like if I go to a doctor here in the Netherlands and I come with copious amounts of data, all organized, whatever, and say like, hey, run these 10 lab tests. And by the way, I want something called a telomere test. They all kind of look at me with four eyes. But how do you see or how, because uh, I know Heads Up Health does some work with some practitioners out there, and you and I have been in discussions about this before. How do you see that relationship evolving or what has been some of the reactions you've received from physicians in general? Well, there's a clear distinction between a conventional medicine practitioner and uh, they may pay you some nominal attention. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, thank good looking data. Great. Not super interested. You know, you might get an acknowledgement out of them. Uh, a little attaboy for bringing it in. But then you work with uh, some of the other functional doctors and they absolutely want to see the aura ring data for you. And they want to see your blood sugar readings you're collecting at home, your blood pressure measurements at home. If you're lucky enough, they'll, I mean, they'll order any test you want. It's just a question of how it gets paid for. And that depends on your health insurance. And they're also running a lot of tests that you cannot get from the conventional doctors. And so the one I just ran was heavy metals exposure. Ah, to do the old challenge test. Were they? Yeah, I did. Because I'm working on some things in, in my labs where certain numbers are not coming down and they're out of range. And we're using a process of elimination. And now we've started to say, okay, we need to look at potential heavy metal toxicity. And it's possible any of us have been exposed to that at some point in our life. Of course. So there's that one. I've got the um, organic acid test beside me that they run, which looks for infections in different parts of the digestive tract. And I just did the uh, nutrition genome report, which is basically like what 23andMe used to do, but now you actually can have access to all the raw data. I'm curious which one you use there because that's part of what we do as a practice is looking at big swaths of data like genetics and making those interpretations. But we can talk about that. Later. Well, they take a very specific lens on the genetic data, which is mapping it back to which foods you should eat. So you get a really comprehensive report, and this is based on 20 years of Alex's clinical expertise. So they'll look at the genetics and map that back to dietary recommendations. And so understanding, for example, me that I have methylation issues, and that shows up for me in elevated homocysteine. And I just take the right supplement and it comes back in range. So you have those kinds of practitioners who are seeing this model of next generation healthcare. And that is going to involve devices and apps. It's going to involve conventional testing and it's going to involve functional testing, genomic, microbiome. That intersection is where the very savvy practitioners, people like yourself are now saying, that's what I need for for, for actually working on my clients. So that's what we're bringing to market for the, um, for the healthcare experts out there. Yeah. I, um, and again, I keep giving you guys accolades for what you're doing because it's just taking all of this data and organizing it. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to go back to the days where you're kind of checking your aura, you're checking your whoop first thing, and then you're going, laying down, getting your HRV for five minutes on a lead HRV, doing your blood test, etc. You know, you're basically, you can waste, 
I wouldn't say waste. You can use a decent amount of time doing all of that. For stuff. sure. So one issue when we talk about data, and I'm kind of curious what people have told you, because here in the European Union, and I know that most of the listener base is actually based outside of the European Union, but here in the European Union, there's a lot of concern around data privacy. How do you guys handle that in particular? Because, and I'm going to have a part two of this question, but maybe first let's start with how do you guys handle data privacy? Well, we're regulated in the United States as a personal health record, which means all of the data is owned and operated by the individual. So we don't share that with your insurance company. Uh, if, if it is shared with your doctor, it's because you initiated that sharing transaction. And when the patient initiates the sharing transaction, that's different than the doctor just gaining access to your information, perhaps without your consent or even with your consent. So that's how we're regulated here is just a personal health record because that's really all it is. It's just your data in your own website and you can share it with whoever you want or not. We're really only just synchronizing data that already exists in other places. So your, your Aura data is, is still in Aura and it's also showing up in Heads Up Health. Your medical records are still at the lab. We just also display them in, in Heads Up Health. So it's really just centralizing information that already exists in other systems and it's owned and operated by you and you decide how you want to share it, how you want to export it, how you want to manage it, how you want to delete it completely from our system when you cancel your account. That's totally up to you. We follow the same requirements that other organizations have to follow in terms of encryption and all of the privacy and the terms of service. We don't sell it or share it or do anything. It's yours. That was my final question was going to be what, because, you know, GSK coming in and investing in 23andMe has caused a lot of uproar, so to speak, uh, especially when they ditched their API. But so no selling to third parties, no using it for further research, that kind of stuff. Nope. Okay. Excellent. Good to hear. Now, the second question is more really one that I'd love your opinion on because I'm sure you get and have interacted with people who are sort of the opposite of quantified self or have a view that this stuff can be confronting evil. What do you say to people like that, that just say that they don't want to know, they just want to live their life? That's an individual choice. I can't really judge anyone for making that choice. It's it's each individual choice. One of the biggest frustrations I have with this whole uh, consumer-driven health is people people have an opinion on how you're supposed to do something. And you just cannot make these sweeping generalizations uh, across everything. There's just so much individual variance in how we want to live our lives, in how two people with the same disease actually will find a, a solution totally different. Hey, this worked for me. This is the way you have to do it. And that's, that's actually more frustrating to me is this dogma out there about how, how stuff needs to be done. I'm very open-minded in saying you can approach this however you want. And that may be that you don't even want to look at the numbers. I do speak to people who say, you know, I, I don't want to go get those tests run because it's going to change my lifestyle. I don't want to know. I'm like, Cool go for it. And maybe they're healthy, maybe they're not. So I, I can't make a judgment on that. I just provide a tool for people who do want to see the numbers. And uh, I should probably pay attention to my bank accounts the way I pay attention to my health data, but I don't. 
I'm not in, I'm not so interested in that. I'm like, yeah, okay, there's some money in there. I'm more interested in like the uh, HRV readings. Yeah. So we all nerd out in different ways. So it's up to each of us. Yeah. Respect, man. That's a well said because I do believe a lot in freedom of choice. And I think that both sides can criticize the other a little too much with a little bit of one size fits all. And the fact is, is that we are all individual. So well said. Okay, so let's get back to Heads Up Health and all the features because recently you guys announced some integrations with things like Keto Mojo. So thank you for that, as well as Chronometer. Yeah, that was a big one. We were waiting a long time for a blood ketone meter that would uh, connect with us electronically. Yeah, so what? Uh, what's, I guess, what other devices do you see in the near future integrating with Heads Up Health? Because We've got a lot of people that already use Fitbits, Garmin's, et cetera, and those are already integrated. But what else would would you like to see on Heads Up Health soon? Dexcom, uh, for sure. The continuous glucose monitor. The uh, Freestyle uh, Libre, Libre, I think it's called. It's doing 15-minute glucose measurements. So we'd, we'd really like to get some continuous glucose data in there. I think there's more we can do with our Aura integration. We just did a version one type of implementation there. But you can actually sync from Aura uh, the individual heart rate and heart rate variability measurements, and that will allow us to do some better visualization around that stuff. So I think we would like to expand on that one. I think there's probably some more we could do with um, our Apple Health integration. It's um, pretty clunky right now. So our mobile app's coming out next week, and we can really start to do a lot more with Apple Health and hopefully also Google Fit as the uh, Android piece comes out. And then we're keeping an eye on the technology and really a lot of it is driven by our users. So for me, it's like, okay, I've had seven support requests this week for this device. I should probably go look at that. If they don't have an API, we have now a CSV import tool. So yeah, kind of tedious, but at least you can go once a, once a week or whatever, you know, export from whatever tool. So for my for my Whoop, for instance, because I, last time I checked Whoop, if they actually happen to be listening, I would really love for that API to happen. But, um, you know, so I could download the data and just upload it in Heads Up Health, right? Yeah, the way that works is you'll we'll get a support request and they'll say, hey, can you support this CSV file? And we're like, uh, yeah, sure. Can you send us a sample? So somebody, all we need is like one set of entries so we can understand the format. And then we'll just build our system so that it'll automatically recognize, oh, that's a whoop. I know exactly how their format exports. And we'll we'll pull that into our system. So we can actually build that for you if you want. That'll be a fun one. And uh, the other part we'd like to work on is more of the functional tests, like the stool and heavy metal and microbiome. Typically, you'll get a PDF file with those. Yeah. How do you partition that? Because I Yeah, that's the next one we really want to work on is just writing the code so we can automatically say, oh, yeah, that's a Great Plains organic acid test. We know their format. Ingest, store, one click. That's really important for the functional doctors out there is to bring that information in. So we're working on that stuff as well. Cool. Cool. So aside from those points, and you just listed a bunch of cool ones, what's the future of Heads Up Health? What do you guys uh, have on deck? Well, I think the future is now starting to provide more automated insights for people. So 
without you even having to log in, we should, we, we should be able to, the system should be smart enough to say, we found an extremely strong correlation between your carbohydrate intake and your resting heart rate, for example. One's coming from chronometer, one's coming from an ordering. Two completely disjointed data sets, but the, without you having to go in and plot that and try to deduce it yourself, that type of information um, may be allowing you to set up anomaly detection, like notify me on certain parameters going out of range. And so I think I call that the, the category of insights. That's what everyone is pushing us to do is, is to derive insights from that. And I totally respect that. That's ultimately where we want to go. It's been harder than I would have liked to get the company to that point because a lot of times with a startup, you have to only build within your means. Even though your vision is way out here, you're like, okay, this is all I can really accomplish right now. And I, I can make a few baby steps this month and then maybe next month is going to be different. And that's just the roller coaster of, of it all. But the, the real vision is being able to say, hey, there's, there's a known published correlation between two pieces of data that came from this study out of this institution and, and we could help people find that. Or just really providing more insights in the information that are non-obvious, I think, is where we can go with all of this. So I wish I could have started on that a few years ago, but it's, it's a process. So we're getting there. And that involves data science, people who really understand how to look at a massive collection of information and start to, to train models for uh, machine learning and build really beautiful data visualizations that help a non-technical person. Just your average 58-year-old diabetic who's never even tracked their steps, how do, you, how do you help them see this information in a way that can help with some behavior change? So it goes from the most basic visualization to the most complicated types of data science. That's the next phase of it all. And so, you know, before we get into the final four questions, Dave, I just want to acknowledge you guys because this is something that I think is, you just mentioned 58-year-old person monitoring their blood sugar or steps. Uh, but the, the instance that I think of often is diabetes and just sort of the power of being able to see this data in real time. It, it's it's actually changed my life. You've mentioned it's changed how you sleep. And for somebody who has type two and can start to realize that like, hey, my blood sugar is 127 today. You know, what can I do to change that? You think about the power and just sort of that feedback loop of getting that person to focus on lower carbohydrate diets and maybe reversing type two. Like that stuff is pretty awesome, man. So thank you for creating it. Yeah, and it's not that hard. We have a lot of people in the system who are very non-sophisticated. You know, grandmas are on here. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, they're the, and they've they've listened to a podcast and they've they've or they've read a book and they're like, oh, okay, how do I do that? It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, you know, you and I are pushing personal performance limits and stuff like that. But that's the beauty of just like that simple dashboard with some big numbers and it's not overwhelming. Maybe I hope it's not overwhelming, but if you can make it accessible to people who are just trying to keep it simple, I think that's equally challenging 
as much as it is to say like how sophisticated could we make a machine learning model it's like okay well how simple could we make it so that your mom could sign up and figure out how to make a dietary change or someone very non-technical so those are two opposite ends of the spectrum so i think a really interesting dichotomy there's so much sophistication you can do and yet the people who need it are like you know, they're just just tell me to. tell me the, tell me what to do yeah they're basic they've never tracked anything and how do you get that person from zero to 60 you know that to me like very meaningful that's the uh the million dollar question so to speak but why don't we uh let, let's jump into the final four dave if you don't mind because i'm really curious about your answers but first one uh, what is health to you mm, that's a great question for me it's about balance I think that on the one hand, I do take a very analytical approach and I do that because I just think we have to in this day and age. And we live in in an environment where there are corporations who are allowed to sell us products that may or may not have an understanding of how that may or may not affect our health. And these are things like just basic cleaning products that are that are not regulated for like carcinogens in there. We're talking about glyphosate, I imagine, a little bit. Environmental talks, you know, here, here, you don't. A lot of the companies here, they just basically have to self-certify that this is safe, and and the food companies here are beholden to shareholders on a ninety-day profit cycle. Now, if they were to say to the food companies, hey, your, your stock price is also going to be dependent on the average hemoglobin A1C of the country, you know, that would be a very different KPI. But, but they're not incented in that way. So the incentives are not aligned. So for me, I, I do have to take a very analytical approach, and that's part of it. And the second part of it is also being very spiritual. And so I think that's a really important ingredient for me and that can take many forms finding ways to have access to a ceremony for example and uh, it, it could be different traditions have different ways of approaching that you know in in the jewish tradition where i was raised it was shabbat dinner where like friday night we shut off all the, the technology and we have a family dinner together it could be other forms of ceremonial types of experiences. It could just be whatever religious practice. It could just be yoga. It could be doing some meditation, but like really connecting with your inner self on a regular basis. Like I'll meditate for like five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, nothing super heavy, but just taking those few minutes to connect with like myself, because I know as soon as I get up, I'm going to be connected to technology nonstop because I'm building something I'm super passionate about. So I come home and, and burn some incense and put some soft jazz music on and like just appreciate the fact that I'm on this planet having this beautiful experience. So making a component for that. And this is one I actually need to work on, but it's just having more fun. And uh, the, don't get me wrong, I've had plenty over the years, but when you take on this challenge, you, you do become very singular focus. And so for me, the area I need to work on is just getting out there more with my friends. 
and having fun. I think I need a few more hangovers just to know that I went out and let loose <laughs> nights, you know what I mean? Uh, but that just means you went out and had a great time. But I also know how important this mission is to me. And so you do have to make some sacrifices. And so those are some of the things where I just know that I need to bring my best self, uh, not every day, most days right now. So those are the, the different ways I look at it. So what do you do to enhance your focus? What's your top trick, if you will, to enhancing your focus? It starts with the day before. And for me, the day before is what I talked about, that meal timing and exercise timing, getting to bed early. That sets me up for focus the next day. So those are the best days for me performance-wise. When the day before, the night before, I was in bed at my, my ideal time. I had finished digesting my food. I had a great sleep. Then I wake up in the morning and uh, I've got probably 20 different supplements right here in front of me on my camera. <laughs> you and me both. I could show you my little, my little corner warehouse here. Yeah, but I'll dial in the vitamin Bs. I've got the creatine. I've got the uh, exogenous ketones. You know, I've, I've dabbled in a lot of different nootropics right now. Some above the board, some not. So <laughs> <laughs> there's other ones I want to try, but I'll definitely use some nootropics in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, just got a favorite? You can go above board or below board, wherever you feel like commenting here. Yeah, you know, I've been dabbling in the modafinil lately, and... Uh, I've enjoyed that. I'll, I'll take that and then I'll mix up a shake with some water, some uh, exogenous ketone, some creatine, and then I've got this um, uh, electrolyte mix that I'll have and a couple good strong coffees. And if the sleep was good the day before and that formula is dialed in, feel great. So that's kind of like I use uh, CBD oil here pretty regularly, uh, just pure 100% pure CBD, no THC. So I'm good for probably, you know, 50 to 100 milligrams of that throughout the day. And then just the basics, you know, I'm just looking over here. I, I take magnesium and uh, iodine and just things like that, that all I think make sure that I'm putting in as much good stuff as I can. Yeah, modafinil for me, if I take that, uh, I'm on fire right away. I don't need the, the coffee or anything, but I, I don't know about you. I get a crash afterwards. Um, I don't get the crash. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel great. I just go to bed. Like it never even happened. It's kind of magical that way. That's going back to our individual bio variability that we talked about before. Exactly. Exactly. Cause you know, the crash for me, yeah, I'll get to sleep, but I'll sleep for nine, 10 hours, which, you know, when you're on a mission, nine or 10 hours is a little bit too long, uh, for sleeping, but okay. Next question. Favorite book on high performance. Oh man, that's a good one. Favorite book on high performance. There's a few I've read over the years. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. Yeah, there was a book by uh Jack Cruz. You know, he he's pretty uh, he's pretty eccentric. Oh yeah. But yeah. This this was a few years ago and uh, I think it was called like The Epipaleo RX. Yeah, that was the one, man. And you know, some of it was uh pretty obvious in there, but he got into a lot of really cool stuff and he still gets into a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of it's above my head. I can't understand a lot of it, but um, I enjoyed that one. And I don't read a lot of books anymore. Most of the information is acquired through podcasts. I, you know, I'll, I'll put it, I'll put a, uh, 
debt of gratitude out there to uh, to Dave Asprey. I know that um, people have their opinions on um, Bulletproof and stuff like that, but I found him in 2011, 2012, when this stuff had not really gone mainstream yet. And that type of information, his podcast in the early years, really set me down this whole trajectory. He's obviously become a huge success and a huge brand now, but I speak to a lot of people where it was those early podcasts around biohacking that um, that set me, really piqued my initial curiosity and, and got me set down the path. So yeah, that was really um, inspirational in my own journey. And uh, nowadays, I really only have the ability to absorb bite-sized pieces. I, I quite honestly have to tune a lot of it out. Because as much as I want the information, I have a finite amount of creative energy during the day. And listening to podcasts and consuming and consuming actually, for me, takes the creative energy away because the creative energy is absorbing all these ideas. But really, I want the creative energy to go to my own work. So I find myself actually having to um, tune a lot of that stuff out. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when I was in the corporate world, for me, relaxing was nerding out on health stuff. Now my, my corporate job is, is nerding out on health stuff. So when I want to relax, man, I just go put on Netflix and watch some documentary on like invaders or like space travel or something like that to totally take my mind off health stuff. In all honesty, I'm probably not a good person for a book recommendation. No, it's um, look, Epipelio RX is great. And some of Jack Cruz's stuff can be controversial. But I do think he he does make a good point in a lot of it. So uh, he, he may be going beyond, like with all of this stuff around light and photons, and like I mean that that could be the next level that we just haven't even gotten to yet. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that. We could do a whole podcast on that. In fact, I've done one with uh, his his boy Matt Maruka, and we went on for two hours about that. This is all fascinating stuff. And I, like you, who used to geek out in my corporate job over health, now it's when performance becomes your life, it's it's an interesting question what, what we do to play, right? Because going back to that, and I'm sure you, you recognize this by yourself, but I've got a functional medicine doctor that tells me, you know, you need to play a little bit more. Yes. Well, intuitively, I've come to the same conclusion, but... Uh... Yeah, maybe that's one we'll have to work on for uh, the next time we get together. And maybe we can have a little challenge for ourselves to uh, to make sure that we're accountable to putting some more energy towards the fun side of life. I like that. Could probably put a new little uh, little scoreboard on Heads Up Health too. play per week or something like uh, that. You know, for all the things we quantify, there's all of the things we can't quantify, which is like, how much time was your was your flesh exposed to the sun today? And how much time did you spend connecting with the people who love you? And those two things, right? You can't, there's no device for that. Maybe somebody will come up with something for the sun exposure in the future. But you just focus on those two things right there. Uh, no, the, it's it, the unmeasurables that are equally important to the measurables. Well said, Dave. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, well, everything is on headsuphealth.com. We have our software there. If you want to get started with tracking your metrics, you can try it out for free. There's no uh, upfront obligation. 
use it everything you want for 30 days. If you like it, subscribe. If you don't, that's cool. And then we have our blog and our podcast where it's called Data Driven Health Radio. That's our show. Much like you, I really want to help educate people on what these numbers mean because I do think in this day and age we need to take ownership for them. So how does the layperson understand their blood tests? We spend a lot of time putting all of that language into just accessible terms. So that's one way. And then uh, we share a lot of our information out there on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Those are two social media channels that we uh, were pretty active on. And I just love connecting with people. So if anyone wants to have a chat, you can reach me at Dave at headsuphealth.com. The best moments of building heads up are when I get an email from somebody and I say, Hey, where are you from? And we get on a call and we connect. <laughs> the human aspect of it all is the best part. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been absolutely brilliant talking about play scoreboarding and all of the things that heads up health is it enables us to do. So I want to thank you for your time. And to all the superhumans listening out there, you guys have an epic day. Superhumans, before you go, can I ask two favors? Did you enjoy that episode? If so, can you send me an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com? Provide any feedback, positive or negative. I would love to hear from you. And for those of you who have really taken advantage of that, you know I respond to each email. Secondly, if you did enjoy the episode, can you head on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms, and give Decoding Superhuman a five-star rating. It would really be appreciated. And then finally, for those of you who are looking at taking an informed approach to health, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com. Check out what we have going on over there, and if you want to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me, you're going to have that option. Superhumans, have an absolutely epic day, and remember as always, choose health.